One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but it's not later. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the joke that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up. So here's the Knights of Vader. Most impressive. Thank you. I have an inferiority complex for providing our theme song. It is August 5th, uh, 2022. Uh, it is currently 72 degrees. The high today was 89. The low will be 67. And it is currently raining outside. You got me, Zinger. And Chris is here. How's it going, everybody? And hello, this is Russ. How are you doing? And Joe is here as well. Oh, yeah, he does introduce people. Well, too bad. Zach's not here, so we're going to talk about, ep- I'm sorry, part six of season one of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, it's finally happening. Everyone cheer. Yeah, we All right. did. Calm, just, calm down, calm down, calm down. Everybody. We've been so excited since this came out. We could, we knew we couldn't get behind microphones to talk about this. So we better wait a few weeks to just really simmer on this. Possibly a month and a half. Let it marinate. Mmm, juicy. All right, so with that being said, I I guess we're gonna... I I feel like at some point we need to get brought back down to, to, to tattooing. So, Chris, I'm gonna give you the floor first because I feel like by doing this, we can only go up from there. Well, you're, I think the high point of the series was really like... You know, like, like we probably all forget where we were, right? So, like, you know, at the end of part five, yeah, you have you have uh, Obi Wan and the and the proto rebels escaping on their very uh, basic sort of rebel transport thing, and and uh, Obi Wan's like he's he's kind of tripping out and on that ship, he's like, did I forget something? I think I forgot something. I don't know. Up and on. <laughs> he he jumps up and says, Kevin, and grabs his face, but uh, but. Yeah, so you know that like the end of p- part five, where it, it's Obi Wan freaking out and like that big close up of his face that's like thirty seconds long, and then it sort of eases in on the on the Lars homestead and on Sleep and Luke with with John Williams' one contribution to the music for this show. That ending of part five was great. I felt mildly threatened by Reva knowing where Luke is, even though I know canonically he could not be safer. Uh, I I thought the end of that was really great. And then, um, I, I don't know, like it's, 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 uh, it, it's sort for me it opening up part six, it sort of dragged a little bit. I didn't really care for the spaceship drama on the rebel transport, but, and, and, and Roken and, and Roken and help me out guys who plays Roken. What's his name? I'm not sure him, but that whole battle is very, uh, I think it's it's because of recency. It's like a very Last Jedi. And I've actually seen Last Jedi pretty recently, and I feel like I'm kind of going through the same thing, just a little smaller scale. Yeah, yeah. What was the best part of Last Jedi? That's right, the <laughs> slow speed space chase. Let's 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 have that be a running theme in Star Wars stuff. I cannot wait for for 
and Dorian to have multiple slow speed space chases. And technically, Book of Boba Fett had one, but it was done on the ground, which was even more boring. Well, I I, I was just to, to mentioning Roken because after his episode popped up, uh, I, I forgive me, I don't remember that name of the actor, but he like I saw like a headline where he was like, it was so great to be finally part of the star wars universe and play a completely indispensable character who played an integral role in in the star wars saga i'm like you did what <laughs> wait is it dispensable or indispensable indispensable he, yeah you know it's just it was just weird like he was playing he, he was um he putting was a, a lot of emphasis taxi. <laughs> yeah a yeah taxi driver and he, you know because it's the volume he never quite interacts with many there's no like bridge on that rebel transport they just sort of stand in rooms that, that don't yeah, really it's have just, much it's just like a long hallway it seems like with little <laughs> alcoves where obi-wan always finds a little closet somewhere where he, yeah. you know, he did a padme ship like he's always looking for that room well he also that that ship the like ship that comes out of the ship is like two-thirds of the ship that's a cool ship he had when he has it later i'm like oh i like this <clears> little thing yeah, yeah. that op- that opens up that hangar must have been you know where everyone was standing so clearly all the pedestrians got sucked into the vacuum of space when obi-wan pulled his starfighter out of there i'm gonna um, save you all by killing you all yeah don't worry you don't know this but i think most star wars ships are actually three ships and we don't really realize it they could just break off parts it happens quite a bit in rebels isn't the main thing that the, the ship is two ships yeah it's i think it's the the ghost and the phantom maybe phantom. the phantom's like a little shuttle or something and I'm sure off. there's multiple escape pods everywhere that just never get mentioned. Yeah. And like, you know, like that Razor Crest escape pod that's only on the toy. Like, that's good stuff. Um, but, you, think uh, but the, you know, you think the cockpit of the Falcon could become a, 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 a escape well, pod at some point of course, where it just shoots off? Uh, well, of course, the Falcon has escape pods because in the Dome if you're Death stuck Star, up there and you're like, see you later, you can't yeah, pilot like, this thing now. That's a good but, way to kill the Falcon. Well, th- I don't think that's the escape pod, though, because like the down the Death Star, he says they're all jettisoned already. The Imperial officer. There's one on each side. Of, I'm sorry. I'm looking at my toy right now. There's supposedly one on each side. Well, do you think is that thing that and we then saw- the front part comes off, too, but that's like a luxury escape pod. Right. Well, what was the escape pod that Ray used in the Last Jedi? It's like a photon. That, that was like a different one. <laughs> yeah, Falcon's got a lot of escape pods. But uh, any, anyway, so you know, <laughs> Obi <laughs> Obi Wan's. Uh, you know, this has a lot. Of, like you said, this not only is the slow, the slow hyperspace chase. If maybe they're not in hyperspace, I can't remember. No, they're not. But they're, uh, they're this, absolutely oh, not in hyperspace. All right. So that. So you I know, swear you have. It's, it's, no, I think it's mentioned that the hyperdrive is broken. Okay, so not only is that not only is that slow chase similar to Last Jedi, but you also have somebody uh, sneaking out of the ship, sort of, and like breaking off. And I guess they actually chased Obi Wan rather than the main ship in this case. So you know that was a little bit weird. How like he was just sort of zigzagging in front of the star destroyer, and it didn't couldn't quite get him. And then he took off. Um, I mean, we get some awesome shots of a Star Destroyer. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, bridge scene. There is a, a great bridge scene. And I mean, I was completely and I, watching this. I got to say, after waiting a few weeks after kind of watching it every week as it, come, as it came out, watching the finale was, was kind of satisfying to watch again. And I really like that scene on the bridge with Vader. But there's something about the Inquisitor being right there that it almost feels like like this is when the creative character enters the cutscene or something. With him there, I know, I know he's a canonical figure, but everything looks so perfect. And then the Inquisitor standing there, like, oh, don't wait, I'm, I'm actually watching this live in the background. Oh God, such 
Such a beautiful shot of a Star Destroyer. Mm, beautiful. It'd be even better if it was an atmosphere, but I will accept this. Yeah. Well, it sort of blew my theory uh, away uh, when we last recorded how I was talking about how like there it seemed like they were purposely avoiding showing the exteriors of a Star Destroyer. But, uh, you know, they just did it a bunch in, in Part 6. Um, maybe they were saving it for Part 6. But, but you know, so like... What do you guys think about the depiction of hyperspace travel, right? I guess the main weird thing here is, like, it's fine that Obi-Wan, like, sort of runs off and goes uh, to a planet whose name I don't remember. But, like, the thing with the thing with Reva is, like, I and I mean, people have talked about this ad nauseum at this point, but, like, what ship did she use? How did she get to Tatooine so fast that she was the first scene of the episode on Tatooine? You know, like, it, like Vader wrecked that transport all the Imperials came down in, like, one shuttle, pretty much. No, there was another ship on that ship, as we have seen. <sighs> oh, so God, she... God, that, that is, like, two-thirds of that ship. And yes, Ross, you are correct. The creative character is great. Yeah, it's like, it's like this looks like a scene from the original trilogy, except for, except for him. this guy. Yeah, but I, mean, but, I mean, so, like, do you... I mean, how do you guys feel about... The, the, the depiction of hyperspace. Of course, in the New Hope, you have Han saying, oh, it's a big deal. You guys might as well sit down for a bit. It's going to take us a few hours to get to Alderaan. Why but are like, we talking about hyperspace? Oh, because, wait. Because, because, okay, okay. Because Reva, like, like, because Reva, like, teleports to Tatooine with, and, like, she somehow pulls herself together and finds a ship and gets there while Obi-Wan is still running away from that Star Destroyer. It, is this- they, that could have taken weeks. They could have been... On don't forget an entire subplot of Last Jedi happened while they were chasing him through space. Two subplots. So I so I can hear I can hear um people now like Dave Filoni once gave an answer to this sort of criticism where he's like just because of the order a scene happens in an episode doesn't mean that's the order it happened canonically. So he's saying like when he says that he basically means like we sure we decided to open the episode on Reva on Tatooine, but she might not have got there till like later than the events that you see right afterwards. I think that is reprehensible behavior personally. Yeah, I think you can do that with certain things. Like you can do that with the element of Luke on Dagobah and uh and Han, you know, flying around and kind of aimlessly for a long time. We don't you don't really know what went on in all that time, but these characters, Obi-Wan and Rebel, were together right before. So, yeah, it's become this whole fast travel element of everything where everything is just you can either insta travel or you can just slowly take fucking for, excuse me, taking forever to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, 10 minutes. When, so, Rebel speeds off to Tatooine after hearing. Uh, or leisurely flies there. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Dave Filoni is, is what chastised me for assuming I know when she got there. But. But uh, so she heard a broken part of uh, Bale, Bale Organa's message saying like something like the boy Tatooine. That's pretty much all she heard. And of course, there's only one Owen. boy on Tatooine. <laughs> Owen. Yeah. OK. She had Owen who she already met. So fair enough. But what do we like? What do we think her? In- what is her interpretation? <laughs> like, do, does she instantly figure out that? Like, does she understand that that's Anakin's kid immediately? I OK re-watching this sorry to interrupt there is no way this takes place in chronological order there is absolutely no way because we got the laura's homestead doomsday prepping we got her showing up vader like there there is no way this takes place at the same time we are seeing events transpire 
Yeah, a lot of times a farmer heard a rumor and went out there. Like, a lot of things had to transpire for the for the Loras to figure all that out. And they got to just kind of take their time. And she's walking, isn't she? Yeah, and Vader had to, had to be in Fortnite that week for, for the event that, that he was part of. She doesn't even have like a like a blood fin to like speed out to the Lars homestead like quickly. So you know, Darth Maul had it figured out. Like he got on a motorcycle and was gonna like clothesline a little kid. She's walking out there. It's, it's... He also <laughs> sent out probe droid. I mean, tiny probe droid s things yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I don't it know. It still yeah. took forever to find things. <laughs> this this episode took place over months. I think we figured out one of them was still flying around in a New Hope. That uh, yeah, Vader. I mean, uh, that Maul just left there. It was a little secret. Yeah. That's funny. You know, that it does take Maul a long time to, to figure out what's going on on Tatooine. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. But so we don't, it's, it's not confirmed what she actually figured out, I guess, until sort of the end. Cause it's like, if you didn't think that, if she didn't think that was Anakin's kid, what the heck was she doing in the first place? So we're to assume that she put that together somehow. Also, yeah. I mean, how, how many people are named Lars on that? Well, it's, it said rock. Owen, not Lars. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah. Owen on that rock. Right. Good point. She is figuring out things that even the Emperor supposedly has not figured out yet. Well, I, I mean, he, he does. Has. You you forget in episode, I mean, part one, she does meet him and he does tell her his name and everything. So, of course, she's like, that could be the only person with that name. Impossible for Star Wars to have multiple people with multiple names. Also, I think I've read somewhere that Skywalker's like the Smith of the Star Wars universe. Well, Lucas did say that once on a talk show when someone was like, the prequels were coming out and he was doing the rounds and somebody was like, so uh, those guys just never change his name when they <laughs> when he got dropped off there. And, and then Lucas ad hoc said that Skywalker is like Smith. But, uh, you know, he didn't think of it until that moment. <laughs> Or did, nope, it's all it all was written down, just like the original trilogy. I mean, just like the prequels were all. Jar Jar Binks is a cocaine dream of the 1970s. He just didn't Heard have the budget wrong. to do it all. He knew it all. What was going to go on? It had to yeah. be convoluted. It was his stuff. All of it. He knew a couple things, and like, it's remarkable how close he stuck to those couple things 20 years later. But nevertheless, speaking of things like that, though, we get a we. If you're going to bring up things referencing even just a new hope and stuff when we get the finally the fight between the two i did like a lot of the elements of that 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 uh correct things like you know when anakin says uh you didn't kill uh you didn't kill anakin i did basically saying so he kind of fixes a lot of i mean not that obi-wan's speech needed fixing but he makes obi-wan sound like he's telling a lot more truth to luke on the way these things are being said like calling him darth another correction i felt what um yeah i mean i think i thought the duel was pretty was pretty interesting i mean it does commence like ten, five or ten minutes into this episode it starts pretty early and goes on for a while oh uh, actually it commences about 17 minutes into the episode give or take okay uh, with, with the cutting away to the lars homestead which once again is taking place at a different time all right is well my assumption I... <laughs> The, I mean, the, the, like the duel was way better than the, uh, than the, the construction site duel that, but I mean, that like, like we can compare those. <laughs> You're comparing a ripe, amazing sweet tango apple to a rotten red delicious sitting on the ground. Sweet tango apple. Maybe they best did that on ever. purpose. 
Yeah, right on. And maybe they did this as a thing. Like, let's put a real, real crappy battle to start with. So people be like, what was that? And then, you know, uh, what did y'all think of, uh, of like whatever super version Obi-Wan doing things you've never seen? Uh, you know, the Super Saiyan Obi-Wan. Super Saiyan Obi-Wan. I mean, well, you know, like I did, I liked, I think I liked everything except that personally because like you know it, it's just when obi-wan sort of s- smugly starts smiling and looking forward and like an armada of cgi rocks start pummeling vader you get a you get a pretty strong sense that ewan mcgregor has no idea what's actually happening in the scene but he's just like they told me to pose like so and then an army of f- flying cgi rocks are gonna like bombard vader in a in a, such a way that would completely like dismantle him beyond all recognition but for that doesn't happen of course and it just you know it just sort of reminded me of it reminded me of like like ray lifting rocks and it's like it's just it's just like because it, it's literally lifting rocks and it also looks equally effortless to both of them and you know it's, it's just becoming a trope a force trope of uh, i mean it's always been lifting rocks but now rocks are like uh, the on the number four list of jedi weapons like you must lift 40 and... at once that's what it's become yeah <laughs> but uh, i don't know like i i thought it was okay i thought it just it sort of had it's it sort of had a the duel sort of had a, a handful of missed opportunities for me but it was sort of visually interesting i don't oh, know up right there that's why that's why his knees hurt later we we see it all happen right there. There you go. But I mean, like, but I think it's an open question. You know, what's actually more deadly? A couple close slashes with a lightsaber, or forty giant boulders being whipped at your head? I, I I'm not sure the lightsaber is more dangerous in this instance. I'm really I'm really not. <laughs> like, I mean, like you know, the inertia of a boulder coming at you from 50 feet away. I'm not. You sure. can always you know say, well, he's got the force, you know, protecting him. It's very it's it's very comic booky. Uh, even for a, a Star Wars battle, like it does. Yeah. I know people posted after. I know there's that one comic book image from I don't know one of those Elseworlds comics where Obi Wan has. With like thirty blasters raised up, but oh uh, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking just about. Taking out, yeah, one of the Star Wars Infinities. It's uh, most yeah. likely from, uh, and it almost is like that. It's just rocks instead, and it's like, and a lot of people pump their fist and are like really into that. Like they want the the superhero. I'm like I kind of like him just you know dueling and and throwing occasional things. It didn't need to be that for me. Yeah, I think the I, sort of the sort of basic part of the duel was pretty good. Jo- Joe, what was what was your take on the duel in these couple specific moments we're talking about? Well, my my big take from it was Duel was really good, and it showed the Obi Wan of old. But him actually demonstrating with the rocks, it's it's when he was hit, when he was buried underneath the rocks, and he was using the Force to almost repel them so he wouldn't suffocate. And then he's sitting there and remembering all the stuff that happened. But then he sits there and starts looking towards the future. And then he starts getting like re-energized. It's like he found his baseline to the force again. And it's about the future, about thinking about the future, not thinking about the past. And that's what gets him back into like super Jedi mode. Where his health bar gets It's his spinach thinking up. about children. Yeah. So you get got yeah. excited. Hey, 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 Well, okay, but, you know, like, the, um, the, the part where the rocks are all crushing, like, almost crushing him, like, I mean, like, I hate to say it, every people have, other people have said, that's where Qui-Gon should have showed up, man. He should have yes. just been a voice or, like, a little glowing orb of, or something. No. Like, in Clone Wars. It's like, no. stop, being a, stop being a wuss. 
know. I think him having that realization on his own is better character development for Obi-Wan because the Qui-Gon thing is earned. Okay, but what? Ha- but where do Force where do Force Ghosts appear uh, historically? Luke's about to die on on Hoth, and you know he he comes in, offers a little bit of hope before Han saves him. You know is he, he's providing useful information, motivation, insight. What does what does Qui Gon offer offer at the end of this show? He says, "Don't cancel your Disney Plus because season two is coming." That's what Qui-Gon has to say in, in this part. <laughs> it's like, he, he doesn't say anything for Obi-Wan. He says something for us. And he only shows up in physical form for us, not not for Obi-Wan, even though, and, you know, he literally says to Yoda in the Clone Wars, I can't manifest myself in physical form because my training was incomplete. But I did like his last line, though, when he said... Well, my work is done here. What do you mean your work is done? You don't do anything. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> Thank you, Liam Neeson, for welcome back to the franchise. Yeah, but I mean, there was a, you know, like, am I crazy? I don't know how long it's been since you guys watched the lost episodes of the Clone Wars, but like that Liam Neeson scene, like where he's actually talking about meaningful stuff with Yoda, like that has more impact than this. It does. He's talking about important stuff. <laughs> that matters he's not like he's not like he's not like oh good to see you now that you've done everything and i can no longer provide you any insight i don't you have unlocked force ghost yeah and and i mean and you know what would you believe that it's really hard to put somebody in the same costume they used 25 years ago and like pretend like they look the exact same it's almost like you should have just made him a voice he, it looked it looked weird to me. I don't know. Didn't I, I, I haven't looked into it. I don't worry. I'll get to that scene there. soon. I is it is now is it him? Is it CGI? Is it's it a him? Cartoon? It is him. Okay. I I thought it was I it's, thought it was it, a, well some weird CG mashup. Well, I think I think I mean we're jumping all over the place. Palpatine is not exactly actually <gasps> <Ian> McDermott. <laughs> Okay, I wanted to say I appreciated. I want to say welcome back also to the franchise to the monkey eyes emperor and the chimpy rode in on for this because he was that yeah. was that was some great that OG was emperor. Yeah, it made him look well just as bad as Empire Strikes Back. I, I mean, they should have put the one from Robot Chicken in at this point. At that point, so like, I think fully I think, voiced by Seth MacFarlane too. I think I think I honestly I think what happened there is that like. They're like, all right, Ian McDermott, you're you're 77 years old. This is like a two minute scene. If that you're on a hologram, we can probably get away with face apping your emperor makeup on. If you just read the lines on your Zoom call at home or whatever. And I, I think that it's just he they didn't do the I'm makeup. at ICCon this weekend with Michael Hastings. <laughs> can he be in the shot? He's my friend. Sorry. <laughs> exactly you know what I mean? he probably did it from there you know and then they the, the voice audio wasn't good enough so they re re-speechered it and like you know it's like he's basically there but not exactly they, um, they used up all the money on the vader stuff earlier yeah well yeah i don't i don't know like 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 everybody like it's pretty much unanimous that nobody is bothered by fake darth vader voice like it sounds good to pretty much everybody right like no one is finds it uncanny or off-putting in any way it sounded God, better than some moments of rogue one um i and i really like i like the voice mixing when they did uh when the helmet gets split open 
and you hear Anakin's voice, and it, it there's like there's almost like three voices. Like there's Anakin, then it morphs to Vader, then there's like almost a middle voice. Uh, at one point, it sounds it doesn't sound like Hayden Christensen or James Earl Jones, but it sounds cool. It's not fully mechanized or anything, but it it, it was I like that part a lot. I like seeing Hayden. I mean, I like him, you know, getting, getting a little uh, I morphing it to where you see it more. Like you can, see, I do see him in there more the way they did that voice. I oh. I just got to that scene and I really like how there's the lightsaber lighting on him, how it goes from blue more to red, and every like it it, it was a well shot scene, well directed, well done. Like the fight's good. Like it, it's really good. Like I'm sorry, I I enjoyed this. I I enjoyed this. Now, am I watching this in the background right now? Are we recording a podcast? So of course I'm watching it in the background and not fully paying attention. Also, I love them having to jump through every hoop they possibly could to not have Luke see a lightsaber because he I can. would bring that up too. That's so perfect that he passes out anytime a lightsaber is because she literally storms into his own house with a red lightsaber. He doesn't see. He just gets out the window just in time. He, he, got, he gets out, out later. Yep, he gets out perfectly. Like, like like I said, it's one of those things that just like Anakin and. Um, uh, Grievous couldn't ever meet technically before episode three because of a dumb line they wanted to keep in canon, but everything else can be thrown out the window. Then Leia saw and, some uh, lightsaber action, didn't she? Didn't she see like lightsaber battles at this point? Pretty cool. But no, I mean, like, like I said, I, I I thoroughly enjoy this. Oh, yep, there it is. He is passed out, and that lightsaber is right there. Oh man, she could totally kill him. She could do it, but we all know his plot armor's thick. Well, there's there's that. So, like, I and I, you know, I I mean, it, I won't take too much credit for calling it, but because it was obvious as can be. But on our last recording, I said, "Excuse me," I said, "They're not going to kill Reva because they're cowards," and they did not kill Reva because they're cowards. And who's that forty-year-old attacking those? Ca- oh, wait, that's just D. H. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but the, well, that yeah, you know, Reva survives multiple impalings by Hayden Christensen, so he, she's pretty much in, invincible as well. But I mean, so here, I just you know, I don't know, like I had, I enjoyed this series, but the, I I find that there's just things that keep me that stop me from sort of connecting with it. Like Reva is Reva's a, a problem because you know she knows Luke, she knows about Leia, she's still out there. She, 20 minutes before Obi-Wan let her go, she was on a mission to murder a kid. It's true. Her turnaround is quite quick for someone like this. She was 20 I, minutes earlier b- before she, before she, you know, she, like, she, she was, she was, that was the plan. Murder this kid for revenge. <laughs> and her whole, her, she gives a, so she gives this big speech, you know, after to Obi-Wan, after she, you know, of course, does not kill Luke Skywalker. That would have been a real twist. Uh, she starts giving this, <laughs> this speech about, I, you know, I, I failed them. I, uh, and I honestly, I couldn't tell if she was talking about if she failed the Inquisitors and Darth Vader or if she failed her little friends, uh, her fellow Padwans who got murdered. I was like, wait, aren't you like still basically almost, uh, you know, a junior Sith at this point? Like, who do you care about more? Your Sith people? Did you let them down? Or you let your kid friends down? Because this was a complicated plot to become evil to yeah. kill Darth Vader. 
Well, I mean, what? you know, she she kind of implied that she became an Inquisitor purely to kill Darth Vader. But it makes you wonder how many how, how many people has she killed in the intervening time where she's like just waiting till she's perfectly five feet adjacent to Vader to take take the shot. Like when when the series opens up, she is the one who's sort of sort of employing uh, unorthodox tactics and like throwing knives at people's faces and stuff. And the other Inquisitors are like, whoa. You're a little bit nuts. You're gonna, Whoa, you're gonna have a, down. you're gonna have a collateral damage wake. You know, massive. If I become the most psychotic person in the galaxy and just murder tons of people. I can get Darth Vader. It's like you're doing more damage than Darth Vader's doing. You need to settle down. I mean, yeah. he still did a lot of damage. He just showed up in that town and just started just throwing people around for the fun of it. That's so, true. I forgot about Murder Town Vader. Murder Town Vader's about- the best <laughs> Vader. So I, I want to play a little game that we do on Zingness, if, if you don't mind, real quick on here. We're going to look at some tomatoes. Sure. So, Rotten Tomato. I mean, score for this. I am going with the critic score for the entire series, Joe. 100, 0% to 100%. How fresh is that tomato? Are you making some pasta with it or are you not? I'm going to say they probably did it in the high 80s. You're saying high 80s. All right. Chris, yeah. you're making some salsa with that tomato. You're going to make a nice salsa. Land on a specific number, Joe, because it's obviously in the high 80s. So we got to. No, 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 no. High 80s is good. <laughs> I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. that can, we, can we? Can you commit to 87 or something for me? For, I will for commit between 85 to 89. All right. I will allow it. I will allow it, Chris. Oh, do you want to do you want an exact number on that salsa? How 80, how 80. how tomatoey is this salsa going to be? Eighty two, eighty two. All right. So maybe steering away from some of those tomatoes for that salsa. All right. Going over to you, sir, Russ. All right. How how, how um sun dried are these tomatoes? Are, are you going to be putting this them is on a critics sandwich? We're talking about right. This is a critics. Yeah. This, this is the critic one. This is the critic one. Now, do those critics have their tomatoes out ready to smash this? Or are they loving it? I I was seeing. Uh, man, I'm going to go seventy nine. All right. All right. So we got all those numbers. Seventy seven. So Russ, congratulations on all being right. the closest. Yes, class, Maybe that class, was class. just in honor Not of Star certified Wars. Fresh. Not Maybe certified like... fresh. Really? Now, hmm. time for the filthy casuals. Everyone out there that also watches the average audience score. Going back around, Joe. 92. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Russ, I'm going to go with you next. All right, I'm going to say Chris 72. I'm going to say it's even, I mean, even harsher because everyone hates Baby Leia. 72. All right, Chris. 59. Ooh. <laughs> Russ, you okay over there? I was just wasn't expecting that. That's good. Sixty-five. So obviously the critics. I think if okay. So where do we land? Do we side with the critics or do we side with the casuals on this? I'd side with the critics on that. I would give it around that. That's kind of score. Sure, there was some high moments I liked. There was some kind of goofy stuff. But that's I've kind of gotten used to that. Star Wars in general. I think Star Wars itself is maybe maintaining that kind of rating. But uh, yeah, I'd go more with the critics. Sure. Chris, I'm going with you last. Joe, you're up next. I would go with what I say. I said it would be probably in the high 80s to low 90s. I liked it. It it did not reshape my childhood. All right. That was the one thing I was worried about about this show. It was going to do something stupid. It was going to come out of left field. And we're going to be like, what? And how does that that lead into episode four or even Rogue One? How does that do that? It, It doesn't make any sense. But everything... 
they had a very narrow a narrow tunnel and they actually went through it instead of slamming in the wall. I was a hell of a lot better than Book of Boba Fett. You know, I would say it's even a little it's better than the Mandalorian. You know what you know, I'm gonna look up Book of Boba Fett while Chris explains where he sides on this. Well, you made a I mean, you made a critical error in your distinction between the critics and the casual singer. In this instance, the critics are the casuals. That's the problem. Right? Whoa, we are you going You know what I mean? Deep. Like they they are they they have the uh the unnuanced viewing where they're just like, yeah, you know, I I did eat some popcorn while I watched this, so therefore 80 something percent. Um <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the Book of Boba Fett score. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Joe, you're. Compl- I mean, you're completely right that it's better than that. Like, I was genuinely like angry after some episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Not all. I was of gonna them, say but- the critics had to hate the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> that last episode, it was like, what? What am I watching? Yeah, some of that was crazy, <laughs> but uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I was just, I'm just sort of a uh, very uh uh lukewarm on this show man i don't know like is that is that just you're, me you're as a white person on this show luke i'm anakin crispy on this show i don't know Perfect. um I, I like it just it joe's right that it didn't it didn't massively like screw anything up which is which is nice I'll, i was really worried about that happening except for reva being out there is kind of problematic i don't worry like, they'll, they'll, they'll fix that and well and, and ahsoka ca- yeah Cassian Andor. Right. Uh, they need a bad girl batch where they can get uh, her. They can get uh, Cara Fennec. Dune together and uh, and all the, and the, the the Moxley twin girls. Well, they did. They had that one scene in in Mandalorian season two that was kind of exactly that. But but, but it was pretty much most of those pretty characters. Close, yeah. Yeah. The but one, uh, the one thing that you can actually glean from this is what Disney did early on. The critics were not going to go so deep and lower than the than the fans because of the marketing that they put in it because everyone was sitting there saying that oh you can't be stop being racist don't do this don't do that and that's basically that's why the the critic score is so high because if anyone sat there and and chomped on it and started like being very hypercritical about it they would have that to lean into so so i got my opinion if it's okay real quick so you're saying it's got like a woke shield to it? Like you yes. can't criticize if you get too woke with your show that it's just you you, you you just you can at least float around the high eighties. Yeah. Mid eighties. So so my opinion of the show goes as such. It it's I feel like I described it as I'm trying to remember the exact term I used because I had a really good analogy for it. As like it's like popcorn or it's like gum. I mean, yeah, it's it's there. It does what it needs to, but in the end, it doesn't really have any thing going. For, I, it there is nothing. It adds, but it doesn't subtract from anything. And it's just kind of you, you can see it, and you you can see it or you don't. It's just kind of exist. It's yeah, nothing. It's not, it doesn't have like anything epically memorable. I mean, you know, I mean, cool fight, a cool fight on a dark planet with a, a, a almost a comic book kind of thing with Darth Vader. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what's going to be the end takeaway of this that we got to see I mean, Anakin what, peeking out of the mass. That's going to be like the most cool thing. It, no, nothing happened as we weren't expecting. Like it, it, it gave us exactly what we wanted. We left happy. But he's not a brother. A what sister? No uh, brother. I, I don't know. I'm not. You know. Oh, you what know what. Mean? I'm 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 gonna say it. I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure I agree that it didn't mess anything up. Obi Wan was supposed to lose that fight, for sure. Why didn't he? It's not it's not right, man. 
it's not a matchup. You know, Vader's not threatened by him. He's not looking for him anymore. I sure the sure the reason they give in this show that why Vader's not looking for Obi Wan is because the Emperor's like, you know, Vader, we are running a galaxy here. Maybe you could like sort of pretend to do your job and stop worrying about Obi-Wan because we have like two or three other things to do. That's basically <laughs> the reason given to us that Vader's no longer looking for Obi-Wan. A much better reason would be thinking he actually died. And and you know, it, like it's like we were talking about in previous recordings. It would off if if there was a convenient way that Obi-Wan slipped away and convinced Vader he died, it would give a reason why Vader's stamping out the cloak, for example. It would it would give a reason why Vader could not be less interested in whatever that presence is he's feeling on the death star because obi-wan's dead so it's whatever it is it's not him it's it, i think he was supposed to lose this fight there's a, probably a draft of the script that was that way and somebody who's not thinking about it big picture said that doesn't really jive with what we want to do and then it's just obi-wan looks super cool and he's gonna be a badass <laughs> you know, like, well that, yeah. i agree with chris on that because it, it if you sit there and you look at how everything progressed in that last episode you know, not only do you have the duel between Vader and Obi-Wan, but you also have Reva sitting there attacking Owen and Amperu on Tatooine. You would think that he would sit there. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind. Yes, have him sit there, throw the boulders, everything like that. But he needs to get away quick. He should be he should have been able to feel that through the force, especially if he's, you know, how he got supercharged was because he was looking towards the future. You know, he sits there and sits there and was focusing on the two kids in that moment. What he should have done was just ducked out. Well, and also it'd be like, like if you look at it, look at it as a, a trilogy of, of, uh, of duels between, between Anakin and Obi-Wan, you got episode three goes, goes Obi-Wan. This one should have gone Vader. And then the third one is sort of ambiguous. <laughs> It, it, it just works better that way. This Vader getting his ass handed to him is just so weird to me because it's like Obi-Wan could have could have stopped it once again. He he failed to finish Anakin off for no particular reason. And and, you know, how it many wasn't his place? Yeah. OK, but but like how many people died because of that decision? I don't know. It became You're... Luke's place later because just 10 years later, he's like, nope, you got to go kill Darth Vader. No, don't, you can't turn him. No, you just go kill him. This is why I think it was a it was a it was a change late in the game. Because you remember well, there was season like two. Story. Hold on. You bring it up to season two already. We know maybe that's when he has to have this happen to him. Maybe they didn't. They wanted this little bit of trauma. But that means there would be another Darth Vader fight. And I think the big thing they have to fix, though, I, I agree with you that that that. Uh, Ben or Obi-Wan, they, he should maybe, they should think he's dead. Tarkin even says, surely he's dead by now. It almost leaves the thing like, he was all messed up. It's like, oh, you mean that guy the last time you saw him, he ripped your, you know, destroyed your helmet, just kind of left you for He dead. didn't tell anyone about it. You think he went off and like was like, knew. Well, they had they to pick him up. They, they picked him How? up. Yeah. He had a Landa class um shuttle he could have gone into hyperspace gone right back to his that was a pilot on that thing no that why, why would vader need a pilot can you uh, imagine the visual of vader flying his own lambda yeah, class I shuttle? Flying the shuttle i can picture it perfectly just him sitting there with some tunes on <laughs> or getting caught up on his most recent podcast the actual knights of vader that's the one thing i i think if they ended the if they had that that little dialogue before he got buried, it would have been perfect. Like have him like do all that stuff with, with, uh, with Vader 
have him have like the scarred mask and everything like that, and then Vader just like trounce him. But then Vader the has closure. Exactly, and that's what. But what, we don't what want Vader to have closure. Vader but, has to be angry. Needs, no, someone story. needs to step in, like in in you know, a ship needs to come down and shoot a Vader. Maybe something, you know, I don't know, ridiculous. But whatever. If you're gonna, if we're making this scenario, if you sit there and look at it this way, okay, how that story unfolds. All right, if you do everything up until the time where Vader sits there and throws the rocks on him, take that out of the picture and just move that towards the end. Where he sits there and, you know, he, he slices Vader's mask open. And next thing you know, you know, he's throwing all these rocks at him. And then next thing you know, he sits there, I killed him. And that stuns Kenobi. And then next thing you know, what does Vader do? He picks up those rocks that he just threw at him and threw them on him. And then that gives you, that gives Vader, I killed him. I done. He's done. He's out of sight, out of mind. There doesn't need to be a, a video conference with the Emperor. Be like, hey, you need to get your priorities in order. I'm going to have to ch- sit there and uh, replace you. You know, it's it's one of those. It would have been now hindsight's twenty twenty, and I don't make movies, I don't make TV shows. But if you sit there and do it that way, I think you would have gotten a little bit better. And Obi Wan isn't going to come out and be like, "Ha ha, I'm 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 alive," because guess what? He knows he needs to go back to Tatooine because he felt in the Force that that Luke was in trouble. All right, and to me, that would have been a lot better, and that would have. I think it's I believe, fine how it is. I, I believe I believe it was that way once, Joe, because I remember read there was a headline about this where it was like they were they delayed production or something because I think it was actually Kathleen Kennedy who said it. She was like, the scripts were too dark. We needed to we needed to brighten that up a little bit. And we, we had to pa- pause and, and rewrite those so that they weren't nightmare fuel for children. They, it, it was it was actually being written in a dark room, so no one could see what they were actually writing. Uh, a, actually, you know what? I think the way it should have happened was he should have thrown the rocks on top of him, been about to throw the final rock, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, another person with a lightsaber jumps in. I don't know, somebody just throwing a name out there, Galen Merrick-esque character. Jar Jar Binks. Yes, he would have that too. No, same this is how we introduce Starkiller. Andor Fever is about to be cut. We can get all the Galen Merrick references <laughs> out in that, I'm sure. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So basically... Um, no, Reva know. jumps in and stops him. We think she's on tattooing the whole time, but she's actually there. She's Well, she's fast. She can get back to the <laughs> other planet. She Real actually quick. was there. She was just checking him. She wanted to make sure that Vader didn't get taken out. You're like, out. Obi-Wan, I'm about ready to kill this kid, but I decided to save you <laughs> so you could sit there and stop me on Tatooine. Okay, bye. And then she goes and hops into <laughs> she it. She goes back. She's like, I left the kid in the desert. I got to go fix that. Just stay here. Yeah. You owe me one now. <laughs> Need you to help me find this kid in the Dune Sea. <laughs> she's just she's just watching their duel on top of one of those mesas, eating popcorn, and then goes back to Tatooine. There's plenty of time. Hyperspace is fast. I, I don't know, man. I, or what was the other thing that they, that we were talking about the last episode where he he went back to Tatooine and I ended him and then Vader kills Reva. I think that's what we were talking about last time. Where he's, she says, I offed Obi-Wan. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And then Vader and Rage just like ices her out. Why are we all trying to kill Reva all the time? Because I don't want more, I don't want more Reva Zinger, and now we have to have more Reva in some form. Well, no Reva lightsabers. I think that's been established since last time. 
She's a poor decision maker. She's not a good person. She was going to go kill Luke for no good reason. And then she just like started crying. And Obi-Wan's like, I guess we'll let you off the hook. You're crying, lady. I guess I can't kill you. Yeah, I think that's the writing, man. And maybe he did. Do we ever see her not dead? They had a pint of blue milk together. Just saying. Oh, we 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 also got him saying hello there. Yes. So, yeah. I was saying, yeah. Well, I think they clo- that's the closer. We haven't gotten to the other element because it's uh, this is one of those episodes though. They call it the super action packed adventure closing, and all the action kind of happens in the beginning, and then there's a lot of closing where uh, where you've got to go through. Finally, goes back to Leia. I think we haven't talked about any of that at all, right? I thought it was over. I saw there was 18 minutes left though when I rewatched. I was like, oh, wait, oh, he's got a lot of reconciling to do. So what did you guys think of um of Leia's closure? Because Leia was a major character. She was very I'd say what would you call the second or third major character in this? And uh what do you think of her closure in this? It was closed. <laughs> I think the best thing about Leia is that like I have no I have no smarmy negative comments about her character. So like it must have been fine. You know, like I nothing stands out to me as like overtly problematic with her, except for, the, you know, stuff we went over in the earlier episodes. Just like it's not even really her. It's just like the action direction of like her. The attempt at abducting her is just like some Power Rangers 90s TV stuff. I don't know. That was bad. But uh, but uh, the, 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 the actress, the portrayal, I, I don't know any of these actors names. I'm sorry about that. But she did a great job. I think it was go competent. Steve. Yeah, her, yeah, young Steve there did a great job playing Leia, and uh, I, you know, I don't think they did anything too weird in there. It was nice that they did us the decency of having Obi Wan tell her we ought to pretend like we never met each other, at least <laughs> to account for some of the nonsense that they let slide earlier in the, the series of things that she saw. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think they they did they did a great job with her, um, except for like, I mean. You know, there's just, it's not her, it's it's really not her, it's like, right, it's like when she's fixing the hangar door with her, uh, with her uh, Tamagotchi. <laughs> her little Mickey Mouse robot. <laughs> you, you know, like, she has a lot of experience with industrial hangar doors, I guess, at seven years old or whatever it is. I don't, and, and Roken's just standing there with his hands in the air, like, what do I do? I'm Roken. I don't know what a control panel looks like. There's, don't have any of those in the volume. I can get the control panel. I'm going to need two more hours. I'm like, we can give you an hour. Still gonna like those guys are so useless. Roken and the Roken and the guy, like the the snake oil salesman guy, who you know, he's just Camille Nanjoni. That's right. He had his closure too for being a fake Jedi. He stuck around quite a bit on this. I thought he was gonna eat it at some point. I, I couldn't believe he lived. Right. But I mean, you know, like it's, but it's, it's literally not the same. Like it, that's, I think that's what bugs me out about this. Like it's not the same universe almost as, as the other movies, right? It's just like Roken and, and Camille Nangiani, they're just, they're lit. I can't remember the actor's name who plays Roken. They're literally just standing there spinning around with like Dunn's caps on. It's and like, like when one, you uh, get a new job <laughs> and you meet that group of friends and there's like a new group of work friends. And you're like, oh, I mean, you're a little weird world. That's what kind of happened to Obi-Wan. He kind of made some work friends for about a month and they're well, not going to stick around through Star Wars. They're just about to be demolished by the Empire. And these two guys have literally nothing to offer. They're like, well, I'm just going to stand here holding my iPad and like keep saying, dang it. And well, <laughs> no, breathe heavily. <sighs> no, I know what happened. See. Player ran up, activated the quest, and they're like, "Go collect the following items from around the room." Yeah, and then press X think... on the hangar door, and it will open. Yeah, 
Roken was was Baby Cube, wasn't he? He was yeah. Ice Ice Cube's yeah. kid, indispensable character. Yeah, that's why you yeah. know he's. <laughs> I mean, he's got family armor. <laughs> that's why he didn't. You know, but you know, but am I? I don't know. Like we talked about I, this before, but like, uh, but you could write I, more you... exciting characters, Chris. Is I think it would solve some of this too, because a lot of characters they write are just like, I'm just a guy who does this, and I'm very calm, and I don't do anything. It's like you can spice it up a little at Star Wars. It can be yeah, more than one Han Solo-ish kind you? of guy. You can well, have this... like a roguish guy or something, or like I mean, I but know then it's, it but like, then it's oh, why aren't these guys involved in other stories then? Well, but it's like Rogue it, One. It's like Rogue One. You're right. You, you gotta you kill them. You meet these people, and you sit there, and you're like, "Wow, this is awesome!" But how come I have never seen them? You find out why you've never seen them because they, they all fight it at the end. It's like watching the Titanic. It was beautiful because you know that anyone that you got attached to in that movie is dead. They're gone. You don't have to worry about where are they in in the New Hope. Guess well, what? Yeah. They are they are burnt to sunder. A blue leader. Okay, Joe, Joe says that. Joe says that on the eve of tw- 12 episodes of Cassie and Andor coming out. Yeah. Of course, that's a prequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I uh, cannot wait to see how many people get iced in that. Zero. Zero is right, because that's <laughs> that's the thing is it's they're going to be those are the people that are going to be in Rogue One that get iced out. Oh, yeah. Andor has got super plot armor, too. But that's the one thing is, you know, I thought that the Viper sister from game of Thrones was going to stick around and she was going to be like, uh, hanging around Obi-Wan. That's one, but they killed her off with the droid. I thought the droid and best her... character. Exactly. The droid was best character, but I thought the, the woman, I forgot her name. I don't, whatever her name was. Martel from game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. But I thought she was going to be, you know, Obi-Wan's love bung- bungalow buddy in Tatooine. Is and I thought, luck I was with like, women. you know what? Look at his history. You know That's where Obi Wan. You know where Obi Wan did. Obi Wan did have a love interest in the two thousand and one Xbox game. Obi Wan. It was the one of the Queen's handmaidens. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> there was an idea that this episode should just be about the two thousand one Xbox exclusive Obi Wan video game, which I've never played. But Chris tells me that there's some uh, some pretty fascinating stuff happening in that. Yeah, Murder. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, I was thinking about that game a lot, and then I heard the latest episode of. Russ and I's other favorite Star Wars podcast, the Kivecast, talked about Xbox Obi Wan this month, which I was with like synergy. My mind was blown, but you know, it's just it, you know, it's just a oh it, that game. You you can't you can't. It's one of those I things where it up. it's one of those things where that game was never re released on like anything, and it has so many interesting mechanics, like massive How green it campaign. Is. Because yeah, it was well, Xbox. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you knew it. Yeah, it's like Obi Wan is not known for his green lightsaber. Well, on Xbox, he is. He's <laughs> that was an Xbox green. Xbox exclusive launch title in two thousand and one with the launch of the Xbox. So it had to be green. Like there's this, this Jedi uh, Starfighter game on Xbox had a green cover like that too. They were doing it for a while. Like like you know they shouldn't have real colors on their game covers for a while. But you know uh, it's just it's it's just a you know if you if if you're a, if you're if you're hooked up at home. To play some Obi Wan on your original Xbox, you should try it. You should revisit it because it, they never re-released it on anything else. So I don't know. I know Joe has it because when I mentioned it, he posted a picture of his copy in our chat, which which respect. But um, you know, you know that's all uh, my old stuff I put on there. All my old Xbox games: Clone Wars, Starfighter, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Uh, well. So just to give you some some idea, okay, wait, let's play this game again. 
Uh, Game Informer's review score for this. Let's just go with Game Informer. And, and, and you know what? IGN's close too. So let's go with Game Informer and IGN score for this game. Is it? Hold on. Is it a contemporary review with the game release or is it a modern review? Can you tell? It is a contemporary review to the best of my knowledge. Tell you what, hold on. I can even get, yeah, it's a, it's a review at the time. It is uh, a review at the time. I would say probably like 65. 65. Okay. Uh, Game Informer and IGN do from um, 1 to 10. Uh, so probably, a, I'd say a 7. Because right. it was a Star Wars game. All right. Eight. Chris? 8. 8. All right, Russ. IGN and, um... Game Informer score for this fantastic game by Obi Wan. Um, yeah, uh, seven point five. You were all completely wrong. Uh, five point nine from IGN and wow. six point two five from Game Informer. All so, right, well, let's... bad. All right, so also game game rankings of sixty percent and Metacritic fifty eight. So okay, <gasps> all right. So I, I'll, I'll drop it about this real quick, but like. This game is so nuts. Like this, this game has a subplot where while Obi Wan, you know, in the in Episode One, Obi Wan just hangs out on the Queen Starfighter while Qui Gon, Padme, and Jar Jar go actually have an adventure. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> in this game, one of the handmaidens gets kidnapped by Tusken Raiders in the middle of the night off the Queen Starfighter and hauled into the desert somewhere. And Obi Wan goes on like a vision quest of Tusken Raider murder to go recollect her, and he kills like two hundred Tusken Raiders and their camp at night and he fights a like eight foot tall tuscan war chief to get this handmaiden back and it's just funny when you think about in the context of what happens later in the story and how of course he could have told anakin that's fine i've killed way more tuscans than you do not sweat over this they had your mom this was just some handmaid i don't even know her name yeah, you know, he and Anakin never quite gets over the judgment he receives from others over murdering all those Tusken Raiders. You know, Palpatine likes to bring it up. Remember that time you told me you killed all those Tusken Raiders, you crazy fool? Not just just, men, <laughs> Palpatine brings it up with women. judgment in episode three. He's like, Yeah, that was you, you went, you really went nuts that day, huh? And the, the ghost <laughs> so, of that Tusken was in his ear, going, rr, rr. And He's like, Oh, God, it's a Tusken noise again. So That's one of my favorite up. sound effects in all of Star Wars in episode three when he brings that up and he hears the dust goes, like, whoa. So I'm going to throw this out there real quick. Um, instead of playing that game, you can play a much better game called Star Wars Episode One Jedi Power Battles, which yes, is freaking awesome. Game. Go play that instead. Um, does it have a better score according to the aggregators I said? Absolutely not. See, but you I can was... play it on such great systems as the PlayStation, PlayStation One. Okay. Yes, I or, have that game. I recently got a lot of games out of storage. I was actually looking for it, but I realized I have it by my PlayStation. I have found that I have Super Bombad Racing for PlayStation ooh. Two. Now, Super Bombad Racing is yeah, big head racing game with Darth Maul and Jar Jar and Yoda flying around. Just almost it's supposed to, the closest thing I guess Mario Kart. Yeah, but not really. Yeah, I think well, I've I think I've literally every Star Wars game that's ever come out. But you, you know, there is some there is some news there is some news in the Star Wars uh, g gaming world, and you know, but, devastating but, news. Yeah, well, what, but but you know, what, just for anyone who's like, oh, it sounds like a lot of work to hook up my hook my original Xbox. Just think about that. I just want to speak to you real. Here's why the Obi Wan game is great in like one sentence. All right, this is something no Star Wars game has ever done other than this game. In the combat in this Obi Wan game. 
you wield your lightsaber with an entire thumbstick on the controller. Like left, right, up, down are lightsabers directional slashes. Never done in any other game. It's a beautiful mechanic. It's really fun. You actually feel like you're connected with the lightsaber rather than mashing one button for an attack. It's it's interesting. It is interesting. Check I it out. Think, I, I mean, I know <laughs> Spend... I know Wii games were able to use just the Wii controller. Yeah, as, um, like but a, you know, this you know, is there's a... a Clone Wars battle game that I used to have for that. I... Yeah, no, this is a but this is a standard controller. The right thumbstick is just all lightsaber attacks. It's crazy. Anyway, I know, but I know if you don't have it, it will cost you like two hundred dollars to get everything you need to play this game. So it's still worth it but anyways aside aside from that we did of course have this last week we had this crazy fun glorious news that uh the knights of the old republic remake has been canceled unofficially no 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 put on indefinite hiatus yeah well there's a difference you know you know i I, it wasn't going to be good it was going to be problem it was going to be problematic they were going to mess up the story because they can't help themselves and uh, I'm, I'm for one, happy about this. You can get it on iOS. You can get it on Xbox you One. Everything. I think it came with a computer I bought recently just on there. Yep, like, yeah, it it's... came out with a they, limited run, made a special edition box set recently. Get the actual game. It's good. All right, so real quick, which one? Okay, Jedi Power Battle or Obi-Wan game, which is more expensive on eBay? I'd say Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. You're going to go with Obi-Wan. Joe? Hmm. I don't know. I picked up mine for $14. No. All right. So eBay seller. But that was in 1999. Oh, I, I think I threw these at people when I worked at GameStop. Like just chucked you know, Jedi power battles. Yeah, I know. I, oh, no, 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 no. I, mean, I have I'm it in the room about, with me right now. I'm, I'm talking about it. Obi-Wan. I mean, I use that to get people out of the store. Just threw it at them. Okay. Um, it's Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi One, nine dollars and ninety nine cents used with fourteen dollars shipping. I'm going with that one, or the five dollars and ninety nine cents. But it does have the box, so shame. But it is the platinum hit, so that might deduct. As for Jedi Power Battles, five ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, well, the problem, the, the problem with the problem with Obi One is that you have to, the problem with Obi One is you have to buy you. an Xbox. You have to buy an original Xbox to play Obi One, and uh, Power Battles is probably playable on a PS Two and some PS Threes. So it like, is. Still I might actually film myself playing some Power Battles tonight. I, I actually enjoy that game. That's or, fun. What fun side scroller? You get to be uh, you get to be Plo Koon in it or whatever and stuff. And it's blue fun. and blue lightsaber mace. Yes. Yeah. A red. Yes. Yeah, this was an Episode One game before his lightsaber color was revealed. Ding, ding, ding. It's an annoyingly Uh, hard game. uh, Also, just throwing this out there, if you have your Dreamcast, you could also play this game. So for all you Dreamcast owners out there, what are you doing with your life? Dream still. You know alive. what? <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I would, I would, I would absolutely uh, stream some playing Obi Wan, but it's only playable on Xbox, which has like analog video cables, so it's real pain. Mm, man, you <laughs> get that on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah I bet mm. you people would watch you play that. Yeah, you gotta, I'm sure know. there's a way of doing it. Yeah. yeah, there's always a way to do it. There's so many adapters. You could sit there and do that. But yeah, if sure. you just you get buried somewhere with a bunch of rocks on you and you start thinking about how bad things are going, you'll figure out how to do it. And you'll yeah. tell you what. all together. 
just just walk into your local Best Buy, annoy the living crap out of one of the people in there, and say, "I saw you could do this online." Just make them just hate themselves. Yeah. Then leave them. Just go buy the cable yourself. Yeah. Ask some seventeen-year-old at Best Buy how to connect a console that came out like seven years before he was born. <laughs> it was before HDMI, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. way before. Yeah, I don't. Well, you know, you can use component like red, green, blue. That's as as advanced as the original Xbox got. But uh, I don't know. All right, so obviously, you know, these 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 games are clearly better than Obi Wan the series, and they have captured our attention. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Is, is there like people have been, you know, listeners have been complaining when we posted a, a toy related episode. I mean, by, by which I mean, Oh my God, we almost got person. through the entire episode without talking about toys. We were so no, close. No, I'm, Anyways, I'm just, I'm just bringing that up because, because, you know, people, people were like, where's that Obi-Wan part six episode? You, you know, you got it. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about this? Did it, what, is there a lasting impact? Do you think there's going to be a season two? How do you feel about it, Joe? I think there is going to be a season two. Hopefully it strays away from Vader. Hopefully that chapter is done. Um, but, uh, you know, they just got to find the formula that works for them. I don't know if it's going to be original characters for their streaming or what, but it it's when they're using existing characters, it's, it's, they got to open themselves up. You know, that's why the Mandalorian show is going to be a little bit better in the long run. And they can have multiple seasons with it because those are basically he's they're on. They could tap into so many characters that they just developed for that series. And why didn't they show up in the in the sequel trilogy? Because it's five years after Return of the Jedi. And that's a whole big story that they could tell. But I think they're going a little bit too far into the nostalgia right now. Um, hopefully, hopefully they change it. Hopefully they find their way. It, they can't be Star Trek overnight. That's, that's the one thing. Yeah. Well, everybody knows that, uh, if you have five series going at once, then your franchise has to go into recover in Valhalla for it's 15 years for a while. If you do that. And so, you know, that's what happened to Star Trek. Hopefully that's what happened to Star Wars, but Obi-Wan, uh, was you know for me for me it was it was passable it was kind of mad you can i can see the i can see them making changes on the fly i think obi-wan was supposed to lose that fight they respond to these things in real time these days and they depend what side of the bed somebody gets up on what happens in this story and then it's canon for you know the foreseeable 20 years till they reset canon i i don't know it, it didn't it didn't quite make it where i thought it needed to be for me but uh i am i am excited about about andor uh and Russ, any any final thoughts on the six part series of Obi Wan special event Obi Wan Kenobi? Uh, I like I like parts of it. I like you. I don't think there's a lot of just like big lasting impact for me with this. There were certain elements that I'll always remember. But the thing is, it, the show is kind of an island. Like there there there's not a lot to side stuff going on there needs to be something else going on during this time it's a fun time like vader kind of in his prime you know he's getting his ass kicked uh sometimes he's still out there doing stuff but there's not much else going on luke and leia are little kids we don't know there's no really any rebels yet Andor is supposed to take place not during this time right this is Andor's. i think it's pretty close actually well maybe they're building that time up a little bit maybe who knows maybe some i mean obi-wan could show up in Andor. that is a always a possibility or vice versa at some point uh, yeah i think the solo movie and obi-wan and andor are all sort of within like 
three, four years of each other. Well, if they can somehow get, yeah, get away from the Darth Vader element, maybe some nefarious business out there, but we can't, but the thing is that he can't meet Han Solo because he's going to meet him later. He can't be like, we should never say that we went on that great adventure, you and I and Chewbacca. Remember that? Don't yeah, tell this. Yoda already kid. went on an adventure with Chewbacca. Yeah. And they all know each other. Yes, they can go talk about Yoda. That never came up between Chewie and Obi-Wan. I don't know why Chewie never asked him. Hey, you know Yoda? Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right, Zinger. Zinger, you know, you, uh, you're you carrying the torch, I think. What, what, what do you, what's going to, what's going to stay with you from this six-part limited series? Oh, I want the dead silence there. He's trying to eat me. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's fine. It exists. It's nothing like groundbreaking. As I said, it it adds Can something. Can we use that as a pull it, quote? It's fine. It exists. Zanger. Like, yeah, all right, we'll watch it. Yeah, box. Yeah, put that on the box blurb. It's no Transformers 1986, but then again, what is? Oh, you got the touch, Zanger. And yeah, Best what, movie a shame, ever, what a shame that didn't make it in the lightsaber battles. That was I, I am so made. ashamed of myself for forgetting that that was there. We could have used it. I don't know. I mean, it would have won. So next year. Obviously. Obviously. But the one thing I, I this, would like to. These lightsaber I, battles weren't included at all in any of that. We've got all these new lightsaber <laughs> battles that are going to be happening. So that, that contest will keep going on. Well, the one thing, too, is, you know, I, I could see when we were talking about the first couple, even, even before the series came out, we all had, you know, what what we thought was going to happen. And I thought one of the big things that I stepped in was Yoda didn't show up. He didn't go to Dagobah. That was mine. I thought if, if he went to Dagobah, that would have been almost pretty good. What if but, he brought Luke there and made him knock? Remember, because Luke is like, it's like I've been here before. It's like a dream. Yeah. Oh, they could explain that great line. There's well, they should have. They should have. Season two have him have like a forced vi- force vision of Yoda in Dagobah. That's a little more subtle than him actually literally going there, Joe. I yeah. hope they have your sensibilities. No, Obi Wan. Okay, Obi-Wan I was talking about going Luke. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luke's watching Obi Wan do it. it yeah, he's like, "Whoa, old Ben! Yeah. You gave me a toy. What kind of toy are you going to bring know me there from was a swamp on the Dune Sea? <laughs> Get out of here, Luke! I'm talking to it's, my buddy. All right. Well, you know, it's I actually right by the tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. So I guess we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up if if everybody is content. Um, you know, I actually did get some value out of my Disney Plus today and watched Prey, the new Predator sequel. Ooh. Not bad. Not bad. Is that the uh, first R-rated thing to be added to Disney Plus? Uh, well, you know, of course, the original Predator is on there as well and all the Aliens movies. Well, at least they are in Canada. I don't know about over there, but... And... So you, you think you got a different Disney than we have? I don't, You're I, talking I, about I, Hulu. No, no, well, actually, so it's a Canada thing because when they when uh, Disney bought the Fox library, all the Aliens and Predators went on Disney Plus here. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. But, but, you know, there's like 20 of those now. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I thoroughly and en- I thoroughly enjoy Prey. It's at least like it's at least a audience score of like 80 from from me. No, no, it is an audience score of 83, but a certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with 92 percent. Wow. 
All right. Well, you know what? I think you should, y'all should check that out. Um, it's, it's, it's gripping, but, uh, anyways, um, I, I hope that we didn't rain on your parades too much. If you thoroughly enjoyed Obi-Wan, I feel like I enjoyed it more in the moment when I was watching it, but you know, like much of things that have come out since the peak of Western civilization in 2011, I find it doesn't no, really the peak. <laughs> <laughs> the peak of cinema was 1986's Transformers the movie. We have all been in a steep decline since then. That well, is where we peaked and then downhill from there. Well, you know, Zinger, if you look at the, if you look at the cinema as as starting in the the early teens and peaking in 2011, Transformers the movie is like it's pretty close to the crest. Like, you know, it's not it it it's it's reaching perfection. It's it's in the be- it's in one of the best eras. It's not you know. Vintage Star Star Wars toys were still on the shelf, probably in 1986. Definitely, yes, you could you could pick were. up a Power of the Force, a Man to Man, go see yes. Transformers. This is definitely the time. Anakin Skywalker. This was the peak. Mm-hmm. You could get one in the mail probably if you sent him a bunch of stuff. Exactly, and and they came with a coin, the ATSD driver. Where yeah, did it all go wrong? Chuck that coin at somebody. We'll, we'll figure it out. Something happened sometime in 1987. Han Solo and Carbonite. Yeah. That came out of the Carbonite. Yeah. It was, oh. it, you know, it was like a clear gray plastic Carbonite yeah, block. I it still was have weird. that. Yeah, it was a like really bad. And we got to the bag. toy discussion. Yep. And a terrible looking. It. And the worst looking Han Solo figure inside. What a, what a joyous uh, toy. All right. Well, I'm going to help close it out. I'll take over at the end here. Before we go, Zinger, do you have anything you want to say or plug? Um, no. Go check out Zing this podcast if you ever heard of it. Uh, Joe Yazo, you got anything to say or plug? Yeah, we uh, just published episode eight of the Wheel of Convo. We started talking about conspiracy theories, and we're going to be working on our next topic of conversation: Mad Men are geniuses throughout history. So that should be coming up soon. So right, I want to get in on this. Get me in on that, Joe. I want to be on your episode. I and, followed uh, you. Well, let's do it. All right. And Chris, what do you have to say or plug? All right. You can uh, go ahead and follow me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram if you want to see some cool photography up there. I'm a little biased, but I've been posting a little more on there lately. And if you want a heads up when new episodes of Knights of Vader drop, follow KOV Podcast on Instagram. That's all from me. Do it. It's very fun. And uh, go check out, of course, Unbelievers Podcast. We do live Twitch, Twitch streams and uh episodes all the time and go check out something called zona del silencio there's a podcast out there it's called zona del silencio check it out and check out uh cinnamon bun oddities some other show i heard about this guy named zach hosted it's great and as always the force will be with you 